1: Welcome back to Everyday Einstein's Quick and Dirty Tips for Making Sense of Science. I'm your host, Lee Phelan, and today we're going to talk about the science of Shakespeare. When I was in high school, our drama club put on two plays a year. The first was a Shakespeare play, and the second was a musical. As time went on, I became less interested in drama and more interested in science. But little did I know that in the case of Shakespeare, there's considerable overlap between the two. But first, I want to thank Betterment for sponsoring this week's podcast. Want to save more, invest for the future, but don't have time to be a full-on investor? Betterment.com helps you build a customized, low-cost portfolio that suits your goals. Thanks to their sophisticated software, Betterment delivers bigger gains than you would get on your own by automatically rebalancing and trading, and their fees are the lowest in the industry. By doing less, you get more for your money. Betterment, where life gets better. Learn more at quickanddirtytips.com offers, where you can sign up to receive a $25 bonus when you make a deposit of $250 or more. In his fun new book, The Science of Shakespeare, A New Look at the Playwrights' Universe, author Dan Falk talks about the many scientific advances that were occurring during Shakespeare's lifetime, the influence of science on his plays, and the influence of the plays on science. Since this week we celebrate Shakespeare's 450th birthday, I thought it would be a good time to sit down and ask Dan a few questions about his book. So Dan, what prompted you to start this project? Was it an interest in science and Shakespeare or both? It was definitely both, Lee. Um... I've had a
0: longstanding interest in science, especially astronomy. My first degree in university was actually in physics, but I had been reading books on astronomy uh, uh, on my own. Uh, I got mom and dad to buy me a telescope at a a very early age. But I've also been very interested in the history of science, uh, and I've been an avid Shakespeare fan, you could say, from an early age. Uh, And, of course, it's nice to have the 450th anniversary of Shakespeare's birth coming up, so I was also very conscious
1: of that. Do you think Shakespeare was consciously injecting science into his writing, or were the advances in science so much of what was hot at the time that it just occurred naturally?
0: I think for the most part, it occurred naturally. Um, A lot of these developments were uh, in the air, so to speak, in Shakespeare's time. So they were, you know, they were likely to just kind of uh, come up from time to time. And I would say that when these occurrences come up, and again, we're, you know, we can use the term science, They, they wouldn't have called it science back then, because science as we think of it today didn't exist. But when it does come up, I think it's very organic. Uh, he's only using these things when it serves his plot or, or his poetry. It never sounds uh, forced. And, and I don't think Shakespeare is a polemicist either. I don't think he's telling us what we ought to think about the world. I like to think of Shakespeare as an explorer. That is, someone who's exploring various ideas, uh, some of them very ancient and traditional,
1: and some of them really quite modern. You know, I personally enjoyed the chapter you wrote concerning the astronomy in Hamlet. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Well,
0: there's a lot in Hamlet for us to, to sink our teeth into. It was his longest play, by far, just about double the length of some of the, the shorter tragedies. Um, now, of course, one aspect is um, Peter Usher's uh, somewhat elaborate uh, theory, uh, where he sees Hamlet as a, sort of an allegory about competing, um, v- competing views of the cosmos. Uh, with each character sort of standing in for real life uh, astronomers or philosophers, but putting aside uh, Usher's theory, there's unquestionably a lot of astronomy in the play. Uh, for example, in Act One, Scene One, where they talk about a star westward from the pole, uh, this is a star that seems to uh, appear when just before the ghost appears, and scholars have tried to figure out what what that is. And so, of course, one thing I talk about uh, is Professor Donald Olson's uh, theory that it was. The supernova of fifteen seventy-two, uh, also known as uh, Tycho's star after the Danish astronomer Tycho Brahe, and um, what I, I personally do find that actually quite quite a plausible theory. And even some uh, mainstream Shakespeare scholars have also said, yeah, that actually sounds quite quite possible. And just uh, another interesting example is uh, later in the play where Prince Hamlet refers to being a king of infinite space, and just maybe that's an allusion to the idea of the infinite cosmos that his countryman, an astronomer named Thomas Diggs, had uh, recently written about. So, another interesting possibility.
1: Now, what was one of the most surprising things you discovered in your research for this book?
0: Well, one thing that, that came as a bit of a surprise involves uh, the French essayist Montaigne. Now, Shakespeare scholars have often pointed out Shakespeare's debt to Montaigne. Uh, he borrows from the French writer on, on several occasions. But what people don't seem to have noticed or talked about much is the fact that Montaigne mentions the Copernican theory in his essays. So therefore, you know, assuming Shakespeare read the essays in detail, now, I mean, we know he, he sort of at least skimmed them because he was getting some of his ideas from the essays, but, you know, did he read every single page? We don't know. But if Shakespeare, you know, read Montaigne in detail, then Shakespeare must have known or come across the Copernican theory. I think that's really interesting. It doesn't mean he endorsed it, it doesn't mean he approved of it, but it does seem to suggest that he at least would have uh, known about it, thanks to Montaigne.
1: So in your view, how can a high school English teacher or perhaps a homeschooling parent use your book to bring greater depth to the discussion when students are studying Shakespeare?
0: You know, teachers often use an author's life and times, as it were, to add perspective to various literary works. So with Shakespeare, that could typically mean looking at you know his biography you know what we know of it we don't actually have a lot of details about his his personal life and more generally you know life in elizabethan england or elizabethan theater and that's fine those are you know those are all really interesting topics but i think we can add to it i would say that a basic understanding of the science of shakespeare's day and again using the term science loosely because this is just the the birth of science as it were uh, that an understanding of of the science of his time can provide an additional perspective especially if these scientific developments are actually reflected on occasion in Shakespeare's writings, which which I believe they are. And as I've tried to show in my new book.
1: Great ideas, Dan. Thanks so much for joining
0: the Everyday Einstein Show. Lee, thanks so much for having me on. It's uh, been a pleasure.
1: Once again, thanks to our advertiser, Betterment.com. Want to save more? Invest for the future, but don't have time to be a full on investor? Betterment.com helps you build a customized, well-diversified portfolio of low-cost funds that you can tailor to your goals and your risk level. Thanks to their sophisticated software, Betterment delivers bigger gains than you'd likely get on your own by automating your savings as well as rebalancing your portfolio and reinvesting dividends. Even better, their fees are the lowest in the industry. And their highly trained customer support team is based in New York, so they can answer your questions anytime. Betterment is a high-quality, efficient investing option that's safe, smart, and saves you time and energy. Betterment, where life gets better. Learn more at quickanddirtytips.com offers where you can sign up to receive a $25 bonus when you make a deposit of $250 or more. So now you know more about Dan Falk's new book, The Science of Shakespeare. You can find out more about this fascinating overlap between science and prose by picking up your own copy at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Powell's, or anywhere else books are sold got a science book you'd like reviewed by Everyday Einstein, send me a message on Twitter at twitter.com slash qdteinstein, or via email at everydayeinstein at quickanddirtytips.com. Till next time, I'm your host, Lee Valen, with Everyday Einstein's Quick and Dirty Tips for Making Sense of Science. Betterment LLCs and SEC registered investment advisor Broker services are offered by Betterment Securities and SEC registered broker dealer member FINRA. SPC investments are not FDIC insured. No bank guarantee may lose value. Investing in securities involves risk, and there's always the potential of losing money when you invest in securities. Before investing, consider your investment objectives and betterments, charges, and expenses, as well as the welfare of your pets and neighbors. Not an offer, solicitation of an offer, or advice to buy or sell securities in jurisdictions where Betterment and Betterment securities are not registered.